What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Thursday afternoon, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. We're talking about free agency, you know. Going into the show, before I did the notes, I was like, man, I know this is a crummy free agent class. It's not going to be that good. But you know what, guys? I think it's actually pretty solid. Uh, especially. No, Okay, am I, am I wrong? Yes, it's terrible. Well, okay, what if we include players that could get traded, like Hopkins and Rodgers, and maybe cap casualties? And is it Yeah, that'll better? be more exciting. But, I mean, just the, the list of free agents, it's like, uh, okay. I mean, we've all done, so on the site right now, I think today was the last day for it. So we've all done a position preview. Uh, Heath had quarterbacks. Dave had running backs, I had wide receivers, and Chris Towers had tight ends. So you could see a breakdown of all the positions. And doing the wide receivers was, please trade Hopkins. Please trade Brandon Cooks. Please do something with Michael Thomas. Please. I mean, you know, it's a – I like Jacoby Myers. He's a nice player. But, like, you know, say he's the best receiver in the class. Just kind of tells you something. Why do people say he's the best receiver in the class when Juju Smith-Schuster is in the class? Should we not be saying that Juju's the best receiver in the class? Uh, I mean, you could certainly say that. You could you can make a case, you know, probably for DJ Chark with what his one year of production was. You can make a case maybe for Alan Lazard. I, I think, you know, when you look at it, to me, Jacoby Myers um, has just a, a, I, I just feel like I don't know what Juju is at this point anymore. You know, so I, I would like to see what Myers can become. And, mm-hmm. you know, just in, in doing the, the research on this, uh, he, you know, Juju just had the dream scenario you're going to now step into a situation where the lead receiver is gone and you're with the best play caller and and quarterback in football. And he had a mediocre season. Myers played one season. It was his undrafted rookie free agent season with Tom Brady. And then spent three years with Cam Newton, Brian Hoyer, Mac Jones, and Bailey Zappi. You know, so let's, let's see maybe if he gets, you know, on a team that's run heavy and, and 
and doesn't necessarily feature its number one wide receiver, like hopefully a team will. And the fact that he's the number one wide receiver probably speaks volume as well. So um, I, I'd like to see him in a, in a better spot. Uh, hopefully that's the case. But uh, sure, if you want to say Juju's better, you can you can certainly sell me on that. Well, Dave, no wonder Jamie's not enthusiastic about free agency. He had to write the wide receivers outlook. You got to write running backs, and that's the position that really intrigues me. Uh, because you do have some good players here. I mean, Miles Sanders is a good player. Devin Singletary is a good player. Uh, Joe Mixon might become part of this group. David Montgomery, I don't know if he's a good player, but I don't know. What did you think? I, I mean, what do you think about the running backs? I think fantasy managers need to pay attention. And it goes that way for pretty much every single position. There's a lot of interesting players that are available, but running back is the juiciest one. That's where the most fantasy uh like the names the people that you'll recognize this is where there's a lot of those guys and that includes running backs that are going to get cut uh like Leonard Fournette guys that maybe yeah. have been in some bad situations who could get a better opportunity like Damian Harris I think Miles Sanders could qualify in there as well uh, it, it's a pretty juicy list all things considered there's just one problem Every single front office in the NFL knows that this is also a stacked running back class in the draft. So they might not be in such a mad rush to go and give extra free agent bucks to a running back here when they could just say, well, we'll, we'll draft the guy. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see what the teams that are running back needy, especially the, the good teams are going to do, you know? So does Philadelphia let Miles Sanders walk and go get a cheap veteran or go the draft route. I would think based on their front office, they go the draft route. Does Carolina, for example, say we have to take pressure off what could be a young quarterback and goes and gets Miles Sanders or David Montgomery or one of these guys, you know, Damien Harris, you know, somebody that's that's a proven veteran. You know, those those are the decisions that I'm I'm very curious to see. And then which backfield is going to frustrate the hell out of us by adding someone to it that we don't expect, you know, similar to what Cleveland did with Kareem Hunt. And and I bring that name up for a reason, you know, bringing in him, let's say, to an Atlanta and and making that a, a, a more of a tandem backfield with Tyler Algier or, or Dallas adding somebody to supplement Tony Pollard. You know, those type of things are the ones that I'm, I'm dreading when we get that news that yeah. drops that, oh, we, we love Kareem Hunt paired with Tony Pollard. Like, oh, okay, great. Thanks, <laughs> you know, for, for, for crushing us with that one. You know, so th- those are the ones that I'm curious about. But I, I think, you know, to, to Dave's point, um, the, smart, the smart front offices are not going to fall in love with this player did this. You know, so Sanders, Montgomery, you know, maybe Joe Mixon gets cut and isn't suspended. Or um, maybe there's a surprise Dalvin Cook release, you know, one of those type of situations. And they say, okay, we're just going to not pay that position. We're going to spend a day two pick, day three pick on somebody, and, and hopefully the system enhances what that young player can do. It'll be very interesting. I wonder with these running backs, so guys we're talking about, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, Leonard Fournette. Um, what do you think? It's not like Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs hit the market. Do you think that these guys could end up being true feature backs, have an increase in fantasy value, or do you think they're all destined to share? I mean, I know everybody shares, but I I hope you kind of get what I'm saying here. Be in a timeshare that's not really exciting for fantasy football. Can any of them uh, get into a better scenario than where they were last year? Of the ones that we expect to leave? Yeah, the big names. Yeah. So I'm thinking of like Miles Sanders, 
being forced to sign a deal that's a little less than what he expected with the Dolphins. Because like that's one team that I'd be surprised if they spent a ton of draft capital or a lot of salary cap space on because that's just the nature of what Shanahan's system does is they find running backs out of nowhere uh, or they trade for them in the case of Christian McCaffrey. And they they go ahead and they use them in some sort of a tandem or a group. And so if Miles Sanders takes a cheap deal to be the Dolphins 1A, kind of like that, could that make him more valuable than a fifth-round pick? maybe late round four. Like, that's the type of thing that I'm thinking about. But, like, Sanders or Montgomery going to Carolina, no, I don't think they're going to get drafted higher than where they were last year or where they would be if they stayed with their current teams. Um, I think that... The the only other place I could think of would be Cincinnati, where the Bengals say, all right, too much drama around Joe Mixon, plus he's getting older. I'm letting him go. And then let's go and get Miles Sanders or David Montgomery. And that's the guy who's going to just replace Joe Mixon in the offense. That would be a situation that I would imagine would be beneficial to their fantasy value. To me, there are, there are four teams that I'm very curious about. Dave mentioned two of them in Miami and Cincinnati. Philadelphia, what they're going to do, replace Miles Sanders if they let him walk because clearly that offensive line and, and offense is great. And then Buffalo, you know, because I, I think at some point you're going to see if they get a guy that I think that they like, and it could be James Cook, but it just feels as if they haven't been ready to trust Devin Singletary, you know, whether it was the Singletary-Moss combo or the Singletary-Cook combo this year, you know, really outside of that stretch of games at the end of 2021. Um, if they get, I think, somebody in place there that would be, you know, prominent or, or the chance to be prominent, that situation could also be, you know, very good. So those, those four teams are the ones that I really – I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Atlanta probably be the fifth just because I don't know if they're going to go with just a, a Tyler Algier solo act. I think that's another team that's going to add somebody to uh, a team that can run the ball pretty well. Is there something exciting brewing in Chicago? Could, could If they get a real speedster yeah. there to work in tandem with Justin Fields? And they may have it ready for Herbert. They do like Herbert, but is he more of a 1B than a 1A? Ooh, Jets yeah, have finally Jets made a deal. Jets trade. Jets trade. Jets have made a deal. <laughs> it's happened. And they released Black Braxton Berrios to free us, free up some cap space, and they have just acquired Chuck Clark, safety from the Baltimore Ravens, for a <laughs> seventh-round pick in 2024. Uh, but but everybody stay tuned because uh, the wheels are in motion and we could get an Aaron Rodgers trade anytime. But all right, let's wait. Let's recap here. The best destinations for running backs. I heard three of them. Miami, Cincinnati, Buffalo. What was the fourth one? Philly. Philly. Okay, Dave, you wanted to add the Bears in there. You know, I was surprised to see it. And look, I don't take, I, I say this all the time, I don't take this as gospel. But PFF had the Bears as the fifth best run blocking team in the NFL wow. last year. And that just goes to show that there is zero, to me, zero statistical argument to support David Montgomery. Uh, this is a kind of a different topic here. We'll get to it. But I think what excited me is I was just kind of going through some some basic stats and a lot of the advanced metrics today. And since entering the league, these are guys who entered the league in 2019. Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary, and to a lesser extent, Damian Harris have a very good statistical profile. Singletary is shockingly good, by the way. And mm-hmm. he's led the Bills in rushing all four of his seasons, which is pretty yeah. impressive. Now, I don't think he's an amazing running back, but I think he's been an underrated running back. But David Montgomery is nowhere near those guys. Um, He had a lot of hype coming out of college. He, to me, 
Maybe I'm being too basic. I don't think I'm being too basic. I'm not just looking at yards per carry. I'm looking at everything. To me, he he has not had a good NFL career. And he would be probably the last one that I would want if I were an NFL GM. Um, you know, but he's had the most fantasy success. And he's been pretty good catching the ball. I think that kind of separates him from the other guys I mentioned. So I will give him that. But as a rusher, Sanders has had a great career. And Harris has had a great career. And Singletary has had a really good career. I mean, Singletary, among 55 running backs with 300 or more carries since he entered the league, he's 10th in yards per carry. He's 5th in explosive run rate. He's 6th in avoid rate. That's Devin Singletary. It's surprising. But Montgomery really stands out. He's bad in almost every category. And the Bears apparently had a really good offensive line last year and a mobile quarterback, which is supposed to help your efficiency. And Khalil Herbert tore it up. So I have zero excitement, zero enthusiasm for David Montgomery. I'm just throwing that out there right now. He he feels like uh, your typical trap back. You know, I think he's going to end up in a situation like you could see Carolina, Atlanta, um, you know, I, I don't know if a contender is going to pay him, but, you know, maybe a cheaper deal. Maybe Miami just doesn't fit the profile there. Uh, but I think if he ends up in a situation where he's he's the lead guy, you know, you're, you got to hope he's going to find the end zone quite a bit. And I don't know if the the teams that are rebuilding necessarily make a lot of sense from a fantasy standpoint. Like, he's, he's somebody that I think you settle for as opposed to target. All right, just going back to that conversation, uh, Miami, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Chicago as – Places you wouldn't mind seeing a running back go to. Dave, do you agree with the four that Jamie said? Miami, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Philadelphia? Yeah, I think I do. The one other team is Carolina because there's an opportunity there for a running back to be a feature guy. They're, they traded McCaffrey. Everybody knows that. Deontay Foreman's a free agent. They'll still have Chuba Hubbard. But I, I don't know if there's going to be a major commitment to Chuba Hubbard. They've got a pretty good offensive line working for him as well. New coaching staff, new philosophy. It'll be better than what they were last year. Upgrade a quarterback on top of it. I, I, I'm curious to see who that running back is because that's that's a pretty good spot to get opportunities. Okay. I would not be surprised if that's a Naheem Hines destination as well. Frank Reich obviously loved him. And if Buffalo lets him go, which I think they have talked about maybe releasing him, he could be in the mix there too. And if I'm just going to play devil's advocate, and I'll be honest with you, I kind of I kind of believe what I'm about to say. I don't really want a running back that I like to end up in Philadelphia or Buffalo. I understand the appeal of this high-powered offense, but it's time it's year after year, time after time. Buffalo does not give the ball to their running backs. They don't really throw the ball to their running backs, and they've pretty much never featured, truly featured a running back, except for maybe a five-game stretch here or there. But that's that's kind of the the point, though. Is is that a philosophical quarterback thing or is that a trust in the player thing? So I think James Cook is too good for that. I don't think James Cook is going to be a feature back. I don't think they view him that way, but I do think he's too good to just ride the pine and be a change. be like, a, I'm going to spell this guy for a series. I think he's going to have too big of a role. And then for Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts steals way too many touchdowns and doesn't throw to his running back. And they were pretty committee. They were more or less a committee. I mean, Sanders was the guy, but that just wasn't a great situation despite all the good things they had going. It wasn't a great situation for running back fantasy production. But when you say someone you like, are you saying like Bijan getting drafted there? Are you saying, um, I mean, again, I don't, I don't think these, these free agents are like, oh, wow, these are stars. 
Well, like, I think Miles Sanders could be. That that's the one guy. I want to know how you guys feel about well, that. Well, you're saying you're saying in Philadelphia, so I'm assuming he's leaving. So I think know. Philadelphia I, I I think that obviously it was a in terms of just being efficient, it was a great place to be, right? Great offensive line, great yes, offense. Yes, yes. But in terms of fantasy points, it wasn't because they don't throw to their running backs and Jalen Hurts had twenty carries inside the five yard line. Miles Sanders had eleven. Um and then every now and then you'd get They also this- might be getting rid of the the push though. They might, yeah, but then they're also getting rid of a couple, probably a couple of offensive linemen. Uh, I don't, shouldn't say that, but possibly, maybe um, one starter and one key backup. But I think just, I, I'm just wondering if Miles Sanders, he's the one guy. Have we have we seen the best of Miles Sanders, or is there a star potential there if he really got the opportunity? I, I always wanted to see what he would look like. Remember the remember his rookie year when Jordan Howard got hurt. He looked, yes. he looked like he was on star trajectory, and he never really yeah, got 53 there. catches that year, right? He did. And then I think he's had less than that in the two years, in his last two years combined. Right. I think. And he dropped, he dropped a lot of passes a few years ago. So I don't know. I mean, do you think, is he the guy that, did Philadelphia actually hold him back just with the way they call plays, basically? We could assume that Philadelphia was nervous about him in a number of roles. Number one, the passing downs role because of the drops. Definitely took a step back after his rookie year there. Number two, availability. He had a bunch of injuries. I know that I was a little nervous to spend significant draft capital on him back in August because I was worried about him lasting the whole season. And you might be able to, I remember saying back then, you might be able to get up to a pretty good start with him. And if he lasts the whole season, then he'll be great. And I really think he hit a ceiling last year with over 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. Hard to see that happening anywhere else. But he might get more opportunities if he goes to a Miami. Could be the future back there. He's got to stay healthy, and he's got to convince a new coaching staff that, yeah, he can catch the football. I think it's a hard sell, though. I I, I really he, – he finished this past year as, like, RB22 in PPR points per game. Yes. That might be where I'd expect him to go if he lands in a good spot this year. He did that with 11 rushing touchdowns. He was RB22 per game PPR, Miles Sanders, RB14 per game in non-PPR. So I'm going to we're going to take a break, but this was a good conversation. I'm going to wrap it up with this question. Uh, do you think we could get even if it were Bijan Robinson? It was the best scenario. Your your favorite free agent, your favorite running back, can we get a top a true top 12 cuz Sanders did finish top 14, but on a per game basis, can we get a true top 12 running back? in Buffalo or Philadelphia? Do you think that is yes. realistic? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, in Philadelphia. Okay. Can we get... Can we get a... Oh, I think if Bijan goes to Buffalo, he's going to be top 12 guy. We'll see. You're right. You don't draft Bijan Robinson and have him split with James Cook, I think is probably what we'll say. Sure. If I, I don't think they'll draft Bijan Robinson. Yeah. Nothing in their history has suggested that they're about to spend, here's the word again, capital... Uh, on their run game. I was going to say, can we get a, a final four run from our Miami Hurricanes? Find out next week when the tor- tournament starts. Tournament. Hey, look at you. And, uh, you said a word the right way. Well, But you know what? I was thinking about it. Why do we say the word tournament so differently than the word tour, which is the, the, you know, the root of the word? You don't say, oh, I went on a tour, tour. of the wherever. You could say Tournament. That's what I say, and everybody tells me I say it wrong. Tournament. <laughs> All right. Anyway, join our bracket challenge. You sound tough when you say tournament. 
Yeah. The, the old way that you said it. But it's the only word you say that makes you sound tough. Damn straight. You have to go the, throw the beard back now that you've had your friend blind date. Tournament. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the process. Uh, join our bracket challenge. Link is in the episode description. I'm tweeting out some links to it. Uh, link is in the uh, YouTube description, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. um, You know what? I was going to read an email about Calvin Ridley. I'm going to save it for the end of the show because I think we don't have a ton of news since yesterday, but Calvin Ridley really opening up uh, about his struggles. Oh, I love that. Right? It was was really interesting stuff. I loved it and I hated it. What did you hate about it? Well, I hated that he went through oh, that oh, yeah, stuff, sure. but I love that yeah. he, you know, addressed his mental health head on. Right. And, you know, he's, he's been through so much in his life and he's coming out the other end a better person for it. It's what you wish for everybody that goes through it. We all have. And he said he's going to have 1,400 yards with Trevor Lawrence. So we'll talk about that mm. a little bit later. Uh, some news and notes. The Jets could be close to acquiring Aaron Rodgers. They, there's some confidence, some optimism, according to ESPN's Diana Rossini from the Jets. That you know that they could make this happen. Uh, a number of teams, guys, have, have let it be known that they're not pursuing Lamar Jackson. We've gotten a lot of reports. So the Dolphins, the Falcons, etc., not going to be pursuing Lamar Jackson. Uh, then there's this question of is this collusion uh, amongst the no. owners? Yeah, could rule. You know what it I is? Don't know what it's it is. the owners afraid to overpay, and the GMs afraid to give up two first round picks. It's so expensive what you have to give up to get Lamar. Yeah. Nobody wants to get burned by it. But he's he's a fantastic player. And if the if 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 you had to give up only one first round pick and Lamar was okay taking, you know, let's let's lowball him at 40 million guaranteed per year, there'd be a line around the corner. Yeah. We don't know what Lamar's asking for. Um, and we also he doesn't have an agent, so there aren't the same type of leaks. That you might expect, right? I I say be patient. Something, some one of these teams is going to make a move. And the Cardinals released Robbie Anderson, chosen Robbie Anderson, as he goes. By well, you now. can't call him chosen Robbie. You got to pick a first name. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, chosen he chose Anderson. Chosen. chosen Anderson. Then there you go. Okay, I'm going to delete Robbie from the notes. All right. You can you can delete Robbie from fantasy consideration. <laughs> too. He's a free agent now. So let's talk about uh, free agent quarterbacks. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks and where we want them to go. I asked you guys yesterday. We spent probably enough time on it. We can do it again briefly if you want. You said you'd, you'd like Lamar Jackson just stay in Baltimore, right? I think for his fantasy value, you know what you're getting. So based on the teams that he'd be looking at, 
or looking at him per se. You know, the the one that I said this the other day was the Raiders. You know, just if he ends up there with that weaponry on the surface, I think that'd be fun. How about Atlanta? That coach loves movable quarterbacks. There are some good pieces there. If he can connect with Kyle Pitts the way he connected with Mark Andrews, I think we'd have a real good time. Didn't they already say they're not interested? Wasn't that one of the teams? That they were one of the teams, yes. Reportedly. Things can change, I guess. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Now, I know he's not a free agent, but obviously could be on the move. Where do you want to see Aaron Rodgers go? I mean, I think at this point it's a foregone conclusion that it's going to be the Jets <laughs> or the Packers probably. Um, I, I don't mind him going to the Jets, see what he can do with Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Brees Hall and see if he can uh, rekindle his, his, uh, his relationship and make Nathaniel Hackett look like a better play caller again. I think he'd be comfortable there. And I think he'd fall in love with the receivers that they have there, the O-line that they have there. And once the running back gets back up to speed, I think he'd be very good there. Maybe even top 12 good there. Uh, but if, if he somehow ended up with the Raiders, would that be so bad? Nope. I think that he might actually be better than top 12 if he went to Las Vegas and throwing back with Devontae Adams. Those two had a connection. Decent. Uh, the other targets that are in Las Vegas, Josh McDaniels is the play caller. I think I think that would be a pretty dang good fit. And the fact that the Raiders' defense is such a mess means a lot of high-scoring games. I, I think I'd like Raiders over Jets, but I think Jets is looking pretty good. So, yeah, I think I guess what would concern me about the Jets would just be what if they have the best defense in football and Brees Hall and they're just really conservative. But um, I, I wonder... Look at last year, right? If if that was the only year of Aaron Rodgers' career, we didn't know anything about Aaron Rodgers other than what he did in 2022, you would think he's not a very good quarterback. He didn't really do much. I mean, he stunk against the Vikings. He didn't score a lot of points against the, the Lions in two games. I mean, he just had a bad year. He wasn't even a top 20 fantasy quarterback. And statistically, everything was down. Everything was bad for him. But on a scale of 0 to 10... How much does that matter for you as you evaluate him? He had two straight MVP seasons and then a bad one. How much does 2022 matter to you as you evaluate Aaron Rodgers and try to, you know, measure your expectations for him? Zero to ten. Three. That how much does last year matter? Yeah. Like how much oh, you hold how much you holding it against him, I guess. Eight. Oh. Disgust, guys. Jamie, you're on a different end of the spectrum there. I mean, he's 39 years old. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, these guys aren't. You know, there's 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 a reason. There's one Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, it's it's not like this happens all the time. You know, so I think he'll still be a good quarterback. From but but as a fantasy quarterback, you know, I'm very concerned. Um, even if he does end up with a good receiving core, he doesn't run anymore. And so you know, while he doesn't turn the ball over a, a lot, um, if he ends up in a situation where you know Dave gave two pretty good scenarios, uh, if Brees Hall's right and it's you know still that caliber of player I, I think that's still going to be a team that's going to lean on the run uh, if he goes to the Raiders while he will be reunited with DeMonte Adams he also has the NFL's leading rusher behind him too you know so um, I, I don't think he's got the same upside that he has been when he was you know 36 coming off a bad season you know he's 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 older you know I don't I don't want to question somebody's motivation but I mean it feels as if his his motivation for football has certainly changed the last couple of years do you think he'll be a league average quarterback? Better? No, or worse? no, he's better than that. I mean, look, I, well, again, fantasy and reality. Reality, he's not a league average quarterback. He's an above average quarterback. He still, you know, has the ability to make all those plays. 
but I don't know if his fantasy production is going to be the same. I don't know if they're going to throw in the red zone like they did two seasons ago, you know, the Packers did, and allowed him to rack up all those touchdowns. You know, I don't think he's a 4,500-yard guy again unless, you know, he gets uh, in a situation where, like, Brady was the dream situation. Yeah, he yeah. went to Bruce Arians, and, and it was just, you know, all, all systems go. I, I just don't know if a team wants him to do that. Why would you? Okay. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, look, we're not going to be excited about Jimmy Garoppolo, most likely. Maybe if he Especially goes, if he goes to Houston. Yeah, if he goes to the Raiders, I don't know if he'd be like a number 20-ish quarterback. But Jimmy Garoppolo, let me tell you where he ranked in his last four seasons. One of them was a partial season, five or six games. In yards after the catch per completion. He ranked first, 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 and first. <laughs> Every year, he was number one in yak per completion. So pretty, it just, that's why people think he's just a system quarterback. That's one of the reasons, because he looks good on paper. Um, does Jimmy Garoppolo make make you excited, uh, unexcited, neutral about, say, the number one receiver on the team he ends up at with? Depends on the receiver. Well, Garrett Wilson, Devontae Adams, let's say that. Does it make you, are, are you... Happy I think it's a, I there? think it's a notch down for those guys, even Devontae, if it's Garoppolo. Because Garoppolo is he's good at like short area passing. Sure, we can say that. And he's been in a system where receivers have been put in position to make plays after the catch. Theoretically, that's what would happen if he went to Houston. Their new offensive coordinator did come from the Kyle Shanahan tree, but they don't they don't necessarily have the receivers to do that on the roster as of now. Las Vegas would be a little bit different. I think the receivers could be put in a position to do that, of course. But I, I just feel like Garoppolo isn't like quite on that same level as other quarterbacks around the league as far as elevating their wide receivers. Tack on the fact that he does have a hard time staying healthy. We can't count on him to play a full season. That means that the backup is going to come in at some point. Who's that backup? What are they going to do to the receivers that are on that team? It's not going to be pretty. So I, I can't feel excited about Jimmy Garoppolo throwing to anybody. I, I agree with that mostly. The the one thing that I can't get past, though, is how great Garrett Wilson was with everybody not named Zach Wilson. So it just feels like anybody there that has some experience, some level of competency, uh, will just help that player, or more 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 likely that player will help that quarterback uh, be, be still productive as a tandem. So I just feel like anything that Garrett Wilson gets – should be better than what we saw for the portion of the season when the guy who was supposed to be their franchise quarterback was under center. All right, let's wrap up quarterback here. Um, first, let me ask you this. If Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the Carolina Panthers, you would rank DJ Moore where at wide receiver? Somewhere between 16 and 20. Somewhere between 25 and 30. Oh, okay. Um, would you take... Cortland Sutton or DJ Moore if Garoppolo is on? DJ Moore. Moore. Jerry Judy or Moore? Judy. Judy. Okay. Calvin Ridley or Moore if Garoppolo is on? Ridley. Ridley. Christian Kirk. 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 Moore. Okay. Any other quarterbacks you want to talk about? I put Tom Brady on the list. Uh, Mariota, Mayfield, Darnold, Wentz, Brissett, Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, perhaps, Andy Dalton. Uh, yeah. But anything else here? Those are all guys those... that will settle for jobs when 
sure. every every other domino falls in probably after the draft. But I bet one of those guys ends up starting week one. Like one, there are too many openings. One of these teams is going to botch it. Sure, Carolina can certainly bring in a bridge quarterback. Tampa Bay's got a big opening, clearly, and depending on what they want to do. One of those quarterbacks could end up being the the starter to begin the season for whichever team Anthony Richardson gets drafted to or Will Levis gets drafted to because those guys don't feel ready for for the league yet. But Young, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud, those guys are ready. They'll start week one. So that hurts the case for those veteran quarterbacks. I mean, Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston, I would love to see him from a fantasy standpoint. I would love to see him ahead back of, in Tampa. I, let's say I had a wide receiver in Dynasty and my choices were Winston or Garoppolo. I, in fact, I, I don't know. I just I would rather have Winston from that. Not as an NFL team. I, I don't know. But just in terms of pass volume, a guy who can produce for wide receivers, he's done it. Year after year, he's kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he may not be a great player, but I'd rather have him as a fantasy quarterback than most of the guys on this list. I would rather have him in fantasy and reality than Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't feel like Jimmy Garoppolo, outside of the system that he's going to play in, is going to be much fun to watch. (laughs) I I think Jameis is going to be fun. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's go to the running backs here. So we, we already spent a lot of time on running backs at the start of the show. We talked about the destinations we'd love to see them at. Miami, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Philadelphia, Chicago. Dave threw out Carolina as well. The running backs uh, headline probably by Miles Sanders. We could see Joe Mixon cut, uh, and then he could become part of this group. David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris. Let me ask you about Kareem Hunt. Bad year for him. And... Pretty good career before that. He'll be 28 years old in August. Jamie, how do you evaluate Kareem Hunt? So I think the thing that makes me a little curious about him, and, and you mentioned this, you know, his his career is very, very up and down. You know about the start in Kansas City, then the, the off-field stuff, and then finding his way to Cleveland. And for the beginning part of his tenure there, the 2020 season was 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 very good, you know, especially not being the lead back. Then injuries, and to me, last season was, I think, if you go back to the trade deadline, he thought he was gone. He thought that they were going to trade him. And it felt as if the couple games before that, it was, we're not going to play him because we don't want him to get hurt to maybe lose any capital there. And then after that, I got the impression as if there was a disconnect between him and either the coaching staff, front office, or both. And you also get this annual push, understandably so, for Nick Chubb to be the rushing yards leader. And I think it was, that was kind of the early part of the season last year for the Browns. And then it was, okay, now we just got to get to Deshaun Watson. And then once they got to Deshaun Watson, it was, we have to try and get this guy going and make him feel comfortable again, going into 2024 or 2023. So I, I, it just felt like Kareem Hunt was just such an afterthought to them that that's how I kind of approach it. To me, he feels like a young 28 because of the lack of use really the last year plus. And so I think for one season, in the right situation, he could still be a pretty good fantasy option. So I'm very curious about his destination. Like when when I agree with you, I think Miles Sanders of the guys who are free, he feels like the best one right now. I kind of feel like Kareem Hunt could be second, just because I don't know if David Montgomery, the type of player, the type of style that he has, has to really be in the right situation with good run blocking and a lot of volume. I think Kareem Hunt can sort of be pretty successful on a 15 touch basis if he gets that opportunity to be a 15 touch guy. 
And he's also showed the ability to catch the ball. And exactly. I mean, if Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson could go to Miami and, and do some pretty good things there, why couldn't Kareem Hunt go to Miami and have a good year? Dave, you want any final thought? Any you want to follow up on that with Kareem Hunt, or we can talk about somebody he'll, else? He'll be around eight pick, one of those high value handcuffs, because I don't think he'll be a 1A. I think he'll be a 1B. And he'll get an opportunity at some point in the year to come in and and shoulder the load for three or four games for a team. So fantasy value for sure shouldn't be considered an afterthought. But where were we drafting him the last two years? Like no, round think, six, no. round five? I think two years ago, yes. I think this past year, a little bit later than that. Okay. Well, he'll go yeah, even I'll, a little I'll, bit I'll, later than that this year yeah. in 2023. Um. There was a yeah, I don't think so if he's in if he's in a Miami or Carolina or one of those situations where he's the league guy. I take a quick detour because I, I did all the I looked at all the advanced metrics for most of these guys, not Kareem Hunt, but for Montgomery and Sanders and Harris and Singletary. So Montgomery, um, since entering the NFL in 2019, he ranks 50th out of 55 running backs in explosive run rate, which is percentage of runs for 12 or more yards. Uh, this is according to True Media. And here are the guys who rank behind David Montgomery. Le'Veon Bell, A.J. Dillon, Peyton Barber, Mike Davis, and Frank Gore. Mm, and A.J. Let, Dillon hurts. Yeah, I know. Let me tell you the two players just ahead of him. And I just, because I because I just saw somebody say Kareem Hunt in our chat. Kareem Hunt going to Pittsburgh would be a good fit. Uh, the oh, two guys just ahead. I think you know where I'm going with this. Just ahead of David Montgomery in explosive run rate are Latavius Murray and Najee Harris. Ooh. Is it not a good list for Najee Harris to be on? So we could bring that up some other show. Uh, uh, Kareem Hunt's ADP was 89th overall. That's okay. round eight last year. Okay, so let's push it back around this year. Uh, Unless, like you said, Jamie, he leads the way in Miami or Carolina. You're more hopeful be- uh, right now for Devin Singletary or Damian Harris? More hopeful as a player? Uh, I think be productive. Let's just say right now you had to own one in a di- sorry roster one in a dynasty league. No idea where they're going to go. Devin Singletary or Damian Harris. Who do you think has a better future outlook? See, I, I could see Singletary getting. You know, you mentioned it with Miles Sanders. I could see Singletary having a similar you know path to success. Of okay, now he's free from Buffalo, and maybe a team says he can be more than what he was, or he can be used in a little bit different way, or can be used in the passing game. Um, I still think he's I, – I, I would consider him to be a more explosive runner than Damian Harris at this point. And so Harris to me is, you know, the, the typical plotter type of guy. You know, so I, I, would, I would take a chance on Singletary more so than with Harris. Like See, if you tell me right now in, in, in our Dynasty League, Dave, somebody posts a message, Harris and Singletary are free. I'm looking for a third-round pick. I would, I would go after Singletary first than I would for Harris. I think Singletary will have a longer shelf life. Because of what you said, he's just a little bit more versatile than Harris. But I'll vouch for Harris still having some juice left in those legs. But he his his role is pretty clear. Yeah, he's first down, he's second down, he's goal line. Um, could he be better than what he's been? If the opportunity is there, maybe he's not too old. I don't think. I think he's twenty six, twenty six or twenty seven. I, I think the best destination for him. Tell me if you agree. It would be replacing Jamal Williams, who's also a free agent, and going to Detroit and having the Jamal sure. Williams. Sure, and he'd be a more explosive, relatively speaking, more explosive version of Jamal Williams. Or even but, Philadelphia. Sure. Philadelphia would be an interesting one if the Eagles whiff on a bunch of players and they just want to get somebody cheap. So, by the way... But are, aren't they just replacing Miles Sanders with somebody who 
might be just a, like a slower version of Miles. Yeah, no, Sanders. no, but I'm, I'm just saying for Harris's ideal value, like go, going to a situation like that where you, you know it's not going to be a heavy role in the passing game. He has a chance to score double-digit touchdowns like like Sanders just did. Dallas. Be the new Zeke. No, be the new Zeke. Be the new Zeke. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, you know, he can score a bunch of touchdowns in Dallas. I hate to say this with Damian Harris, but I think Damian Harris, you're just going to end up spoiling someone else's fantasy value. Yes. <laughs> I don't like that about you, but you're good. You know, and, and by the way, we've said the word explosive a few times. There are different ways to measure it. Uh, True Media uses the term explosive run as a 12 or more, 12 yard or longer run. And believe it or not, he ranks very high in explosive run rate throughout his career over the last four seasons. Um, but if you started making that, you know, 30-yard runs, that kind of stuff, real breakaway runs, I don't think you'd get a lot of those from, from Damian Harris. Uh, all right. Anyone else as we wrap up running back? We got Fournette, almost certainly. Cordero Patterson uh, could be a cap cut, right? Um, Chase could Edmonds, be. maybe. Mostert and Wilson. Rashad yeah, Penny is interesting. Yeah, I got a name. Who do you want to talk about? Orman. There was a report that the Titans were considering trading Derrick Henry. <laughs> Might be somebody that we should talk about. I, okay, I just, I know it feels like that's the topic for this show. I feel like we need to devote more time to it. So maybe we could do it another day. Um, is there I mean, any we other... talked about it the other day when we brought it up. We like, did, yeah. You know, do, does does Philadelphia make that type of move? Does Buffalo make that type of move? You know, the, any team that's doing that, it's got to feel like they're a contender. It's not Carolina's going to trade right. for Derrick Henry, you know, so... How much does that change those offenses and how much does that change Derrick Henry? And I think the answer is dramatic for both. So I can't see like one of those teams necessarily doing it. Um, but you never know. You know, teams get enamored with what guys have done and he's a two-time leading rusher and an MVP candidate. And so it's hard to overlook the alien that Derrick Henry has been because he's so, you know, different and unique and and special. But he's clearly needs that to be need, – needs the offense to cater to him and feature him to have that ability to be that type of player, player I think. So I, I, I'd be very shocked. Obviously, Tennessee wants to change the, the, the look of their team because it hasn't worked. And so moving on from that running back contract makes a lot of sense. But you got to take that on. And I think that's the – like I could see if Dallas didn't make this move to franchise tag Tony Pollard, like that's something I could see them doing after what Mike McCarthy said. Like that, it's, that, it's got to be that type of team that's going to be that aggressive to do it. His contract is really not that bad. I'm, I read about it on CBSSports.com, actually. Henry's scheduled to make $10.5 million in base out. He's basically the franchise tag. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's his last year of the deal, and it's really not, it's not... I don't think the contract would really stand in the way for a lot of teams, so that does make him probably more likely to get traded if, if he is, in fact, on the block. Uh, but I'll throw out just Detroit again. This feels like if they really don't trust DeAndre Swift, when you look at Jamal West, if they don't bring him back, who would you like to see go there? Rashad Penny? For Deontay Foreman? What do you think? To Detroit? Yeah. I mean, I think the name you threw out there was pretty interesting in, in Damian Harris. Yeah, I wonder it's going to be a cheaper. popular name, yeah. whoever it is, because that guy could end up being a feature back for the five games that DeAndre Swift misses with an injury. We, I, I don't want it to be Jamal Williams. Okay. I know Lions fans want it to be Jamal Williams, and maybe the Lions locker room wants it to be Jamal Williams. But this is an upgrade opportunity for a team that probably fancies themselves as a contender. So if they oh, make a move and get one of these other bigger backs that have more juice than Jamal Williams and can slam at the goal line, 
there's there's some significant fantasy value there. There's just it, 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 there couldn't be a more perfect scenario than a guy named Motor to go to Detroit. Ooh, Devin Singletary in that role. Ah, uh, you know what do we know about Devin Singletary in short yardage situations? Well, I don't know. You <laughs> know, I, I don't, really I don't got think that chance in Buffalo. I don't know if we need to pigeonhole that role as just a short yardage player. I mean, you know, I would imagine if DeAndre Swift had those opportunities, he may not score 17 touchdowns, but maybe he scores 14 of them. You know, it's 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 hopeful that anybody in that scenario can get some of those one-yard plunges. Um, there is, I don't know if you're done running backs, Adam, but there yeah. may be another wide receiver on the move. No, what do we got? Uh, Adam Schefter saying that the Vikings could be parting ways with, sit down, Thomas. I hope you're okay with this. Oh, boy. With, uh, Adam Thielen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll take a break. We'll talk about wide receivers right after this on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Okay, wide receivers. Now, we are hoping that DeAndre Hopkins and maybe Michael Thomas and Brandon Cooks are on the move. And I think Hopkins really redeemed himself. People maybe thought he was on the way out at 2021. He averaged something like six targets, 6.4 targets per game. Scored a lot of touchdowns, didn't really have a lot of yards, and then he was a freaking beast uh, in 2022, even with one game where he had one catch on, I think, 10 targets with uh, Trace McSorley. It was so good, especially with Kyler Murray. Holy cow. Um, So I'm sure we'd be excited about Hopkins. Thomas and Cooks, if Michael Thomas or Brandon Cooks go to a new team, what do they have left in the tank? Are they the next Allen Robinson? They're going to pull a big fool you, draft him in the first... Well, for Tom, I, nah, they wouldn't go in the fourth round or anything. But are, I don't you, think so. Are you concerned that Thomas and Cooks are just done, or do you think they still have something left to give? The Thomas situation is interesting because the fact that they restructured his deal, seemingly make it easier to release him, sort of, you know, you, you, you sort of saw the writing on the wall that, okay, maybe 30 years old, missed the last, you know, two plus seasons. Is, is he just done? And then they signed Derek Carr, and he's seemingly excited about it. He tweets out, thank you, Jesus, you know, for the, the addition of what he feels like is a quarterback upgrade. So maybe they mended defenses, who knows, and he stays in, in, in New Orleans. But I think you kind of know what you're getting with him. You know, he's going to be a possession receiver. He's going to need a lot of targets. You know, maybe a team decides that he can be a different type of guy as opposed to a big slot receiver, and they make him more of an outside dominant force. I don't know if he has that ability to do that anymore, so we'll see. Cooks is – I think you kind of know what you're getting. He'll He'll – have to be in a situation where there's a, a good quarterback that's going to challenge downfield. Um, I think in all the cases of these guys, certainly the target situation matters. You know, So if any of these guys go to Dallas, you know, you've already heard maybe Cooks to Dallas uh, as a possibility. You know, DeAndre Hopkins has talked about that as well. Um, are, are they going to be the target leader you know, on a team that wants to run the ball more when C.D. Lamb is there? You know, So that, that makes me a little bit concerned. 
So I'm going to be very mindful. I think we all are of, of destination for these guys and quarterback and system. But uh, I think Hopkins, you know, you, you feel the best about clearly and yeah. then just kind of see where these other two guys go. Where do you want to see Jacoby Myers or Juju Smith-Schuster go? I would like to see Jacoby Myers in Kansas City. It's not a bad spot. I would like to see maybe Baltimore just to be another short area outlet. I don't think it would be great for their fantasy value, so maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, you know, I, I feel like with both of these guys, their role is going to be the same no matter where they go. That's right? my question. I, honestly, Jamie kind of kind of said it. Does anybody want to see these receivers go to the Giants? Yeah, I mean, Richie James had a very good, you know, end of season. So from a slot perspective, uh, I think James in his final eight regular season games, six of them or seven. No, he didn't play in week 18. His final seven games, like five of them were 13 plus PPR points. You know, so that's not bad for what I would assume both these guys were an upgrade over Richie James. You know, so it seemed as if that was a spot. Now, granted, when you're talking about Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton and, and Daniel Vellinger, there wasn't a lot to work with there. You know, so... I don't know if this is the type of upgrade that you're you're asking for, but I do think that there's a chance for a slot receiver in Daniel Jones's offense and Brian Dable's offense to be successful based on what we saw last year. There's yeah. a part of me that wants to see them go to like Houston or New England or Carolina, so I don't have no, to no, worry no, about them. Not no, either. I don't want to worry about them. I don't uh, want to yeah. draft them. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have them on my That's team. That's a good point. They could be a sinkhole on my team all year. That'd be a headache to start each week. Go somewhere where I'm not going to care. Yeah, I'll be a little bit more optimistic with with Jacoby. I think he could be fun. He he is um, about fifty percent in the slot, fifty to sixty percent in the slot. Uh, whereas Richie James was eighty percent last year. Um, trying to think of some other guys. Michael Thomas actually, I think, sort of mis mischaracterized as a slot receiver. He's about 25% in the slot uh, in his best season. But a lot of his work, though, is in the seam in the middle of the field. That, that is slants. true. Slants. Yeah, yeah. He's not Right. He's not a real perimeter. He's not DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I understand that. Um, well, I think he can do that. It's just he wasn't asked to do that all the time. Sean Payton's philosophy is yeah. the, the few things that you're great at doing, you're going to do a lot of, which is smart. That's why he didn't run a ton of go routes or you know, sluggos or anything like that. That's just so interesting because last year was really a bad year for wide receivers. And I, it was a bad year for quarterback play. And so where do you want these guys to end up? I don't know. Uh, there aren't that many good quarterbacks. Are there, is there a good quarterback that needs a number one wide receiver? I don't know. I mean, we could see a, a prominent rookie in Indianapolis with a potential upgrade over Michael Pittman, you know, Bryce Young getting, are these guys upgrades over Michael Pittman? I don't know if they are necessarily. Well, okay, I'll, I'll I'll amend that. An upgrade over Alec Pierce or what Paris Campbell was, you know. So, getting some semblance of a better complementary option to Michael Pittman, or maybe just better than Michael Pittman. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes is the guy who is a good quarterback who needs a number one wide receiver. But we just saw that, you know, he's got Kelsey and he spreads the ball around a lot, and you've got Tony perhaps stepping up. If uh, if Juju went back to Kansas City or Jacoby Myers went to Kansas City, would you rank Kadarius Tony ahead of those guys or behind those guys? Ahead of Juju, behind Myers. In PPR, yes. Non PPR, I think I'd bite the bullet with Tony. 
I want him to go to Arizona. Go to Arizona where you'll be useless and I don't have to draft you unless it's round 12. Do you have any interest in uh, Odell Beckham, Alan Lazard, Miko Hardman, Darius Slayton, a bunch of slot guys like Paris Campbell, Noah Brown, DeAndre Carter, Richie James, Greg Dortch, Sterling Shepard, DJ Chark. <laughs> you are listing a lot of guys that are late round picks that have some pretty obvious upside. And if they go to the right place, if Odell goes to Dallas finally, I think I'd be pretty interested in that. I will gladly let somebody else draft Odell back. Hmm, how come? 30-year-old receiver coming off, sitting out a season after an ACL tear, his second of his career, and totally touchdown reliant, especially goes to a team like Dallas where they want to run the ball more. Yeah. How about Miko Hardman, last guy I'll ask you about here. Is there unlocked? Is there potential to be unlocked for Miko Hardman? There were definitely some Hardman believers, and he was emerging a little bit. Uh, where do you want to see him go? What would be a good fit? Well, for I mean, Miko if Hardman? you just follow the path, you know, you leave Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you get better. I mean, clearly, look at Tyreek Hill. <laughs> you know, he just he went and got an upgrade in targets, an upgrade in catches, yards. Everything was better for for Tyreek Hill. Um, I, I think for Hardman, you know, his his best stretch of his career as a fantasy option was right before he got hurt last season. You know, he had that four-game stretch, but it was so touchdown-dependent, and it was so fluky. He had two rushing touchdowns in that in that four-game stretch. He's never going to be a guy, I think, that commands a lot of targets. Um, he did have some moments early in his career. You know, he is a former second-round pick uh, in 2019 in the NFL draft. When Tyreek Hill was gone, he was good. I just think he's going to need a great play caller and a great quarterback, and he's leaving a great play caller and a great quarterback. And so... If he ends up staying in, in Kansas City, maybe that's something that you can buy into and say, okay, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, you know, maybe they bring back Juju and just run it back again with with MVS also, then okay, see what we have. But I just don't see him as anything more than uh, a complimentary receiver, a guy who's gonna play in the return game because he's explosive, mm-hmm. and maybe a you know, a gadget play here or there. I just don't feel like he's a great fantasy option unless right. again everything's perfect. But he's got speed and that's what's gonna make him attractive to other teams and he won't be super expensive. So feels like a downgrade. Remember he was drafted by the chiefs. Tyreek Hill was in some trouble with the law and it almost felt like they took Hardman as a guy that could play in the Tyreek role if they were to lose Tyreek. And he certainly didn't live up to that type of expectation at all, but Mm -hmm. schemed up very nicely last year. You know where he's going to end up. Where's he going? Going to Washington. <laughs> Ooh, replacing Curtis Samuel. He's going to Eric Bieniemy. He's going to Washington. And Jamie, I had to say it because Heath would be very mad at you. We've talked a lot about the Chiefs. You haven't said Eric Bieniemy. It's always Andy Reid and Mahomes. You know, nobody. Heath wants everyone to give credit to Eric Bieniemy. So I'm trying to do that. I guess. In, in he this, was so uh, good that the Chiefs <laughs> let him go for for another offensive coordinator job. Um. Okay. How about tight ends? So I, I think uh, the question is, Dalton Schultz, obviously he's the headliner here, probably not going to be back in Dallas. Let's let's pick a destination for Dalton Schultz where he's still a top eight tight end. Does that exist? Los Angeles Chargers. Really, though? Or, because you know he's not going to be top two. In, well, he's probably not going to be top two in targets. Probably not, but that's an offense that is – Changing over. He knows the play caller. It's Kellen Moore. He was in Dallas. I think he's an upgrade over Gerald Everett. 
He's a good red zone threat. He, he'll get plenty of targets. That's a team that should still throw a hell of a lot of passes next year. I think you could say there, you could say Cincinnati, if they move on from Hayden Hurst, I think he would be an upgrade there, you know, just from what his production has been. Um, New Orleans, if they decide they want to have a third tight end that they're going to have to pay. Oh, is Tra- Troutman's there. a free, oh, Taysom Hill, sorry. Troutman's a free yeah. agent though, right? Yeah. Uh, he's a restricted free agent. Okay. So is Jawan Johnson, oh, who's okay. going to get attention. So I, I think, you know, that's yeah, just interesting. interesting based on the Derek Carr play with tight ends. Um, How about Detroit? Yeah. Any, anybody want to see him go to Detroit? Uh, that's not a bad destination, you know, but I, I think I wouldn't rule out coming back to Dallas. Though. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Mike Asicki, Hayden Hurst. Austin and, and the Utah. Giants, I think, could be in the market for tight end. A pass catching tight end for sure. Yeah. So any other tight ends interested, interesting to you? I want to see where Gusecki goes. I, I'm not going to invest a lot of fantasy capital in him, and I certainly don't think a team's going to invest a lot of NFL capital in him. But, you know, I, I do think that he's shown at times the athletic ability and, and the playmaking ability uh, that if he does get the right target share, he could be a little bit of a surprise. So I, I'm, I'm curious. So he's somebody I'm going to keep my eye on. Dave, any final thoughts on tight ends? It's a mostly crappy group. Yeah. Very few landing spots that are good. And it's a draft loaded with tight end prospects. So there's going to be a squeeze there, just like there's going to be a squeeze at running back. You squeeze. Zach Ertz could be on this list, right? He could get, he could be cut. He'd be healthy. Can they cut him with the ACL? I don't know. Sometimes, I think there's yeah, rules against you can't cut players injury. unless they agree to mm-hmm. an injury settlement. Okay. But I, I wouldn't count on Zach Ertz playing much at all, if at all, this year. You can draft him with your last pick and then stash him on IR, and every week you'll wonder, why did I draft Zach Ertz with my last pick and stash him on my IR? I wonder if Dallas loses Dalton Schultz, if they get back into the tight end market and sign a... They have two interesting ones on their bench. They do. Yeah, Uh, Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hender shot. Yeah, they sure do. Ferguson could actually be the better one of the two. He could actually be a decent sleeper. I got a couple emails to read. This one is from Nikki Z, and he says, Hello, boys from Northern Canada. After hearing Calvin Ridley say he's going to easily put up 1,400 yards playing with Trevor Lawrence, I just want to know where you guys think his yards and touchdowns will be. What is yards and touchdowns will be? Yeah, what do you think, Calvin Ridley? I would say 1,107. I'll go over. On both. On both. On okay. God. <laughs> okay. This is from Kevin talking about yesterday's show. You mentioned trying to incorporate at least some players with upside onto your roster as a concept for drafters to consider. I would say people should lean even further in this direction. If we could recognize that there is a bunch of stuff we would get, we're going to get wrong every year, why not lean into that uncertainty? Here's my concept. Upside isn't everything. It's the only thing. Uh, we mm. are trying to get first place, and generally that is generally that is fueled by the players who greatly exceed expectations and not by having a mass of players who are delivering at or around expectation. Um, there's more to it. What, what did I say to you like five, six years ago, Adam, when you kept making the playoffs and not winning championships? Yeah. I, the, the, the problem I have with this argument is we don't always know who, in fact, we often don't know who has the most upside. Upside comes as a surprise to us, too. I think it was obvious that we're a case like Tony Pollard to say he has a lot of upside. 
Uh, but I thought Kareem Hunt had a lot of upside, and he did. Thought it. Gabe Davis had a lot of upside. Right, exactly. Yeah, I was going to hit on those guys. That's the of that's course. The uh, right, so you so it's one thing to say you're going to pass up. You're going to pass up a, a solid contributor that maybe we don't think has as much upside just to take a chance on the upside guy. I don't think you should do that with every one of your picks. I think that's well, a little too risky. See. So just because I have the ADP up, so Tony Pollard's. You want to use him as an example, or is there somebody else you want to use? I think that's fine, I and mean, that's that is a total upside play, Tony Pollard. Okay, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. There, we're, we're talking about twenty twenty two, right? Huh? We're talking about twenty twenty two. Yes. Yes. Is, I'm just looking at the running back ADP. Okay. So the guys here, are the guys drafted ahead of Tony Pollard, Devin Singletary, Antonio Ugh. Gibson, Cordero Patterson, <laughs> Miles Sanders, and Rashad Penny. <laughs> yeah. So so I said yesterday is like maybe we should never have drafted Devin Singletary ahead of Tony Pollard. Uh, for this exact reason. And two guys ahead of that were AJ, three guys ahead of that, uh, four guys ahead of that Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, AJ Dillon, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. The only one you can say upside would be Dillon. Not yeah, Mitchell. Yeah, Dillon had a ton of upside. Mitchell didn't have a ton of upside? Mitchell had plenty of upside too. Uh, yeah, I guess Mitchell did. I mean, I guess, it's, I guess it is difficult for a fantasy manager while drafting to look at your roster. Be like maybe a little weak at running back and say, gosh, I just need someone. Well, here's this guy in Tony Pollard who may have very little value. He ended up having more value, I think, than we thought when Zeke was healthy, but may have almost no use to me as anything more than a handcuff versus a guy like Devin Singletary where I can plug him in and, and be okay with his numbers. Uh, I think maybe it's hard. It's easier to say it than to say take Tony Pollard over Singletary, but when you're on the clock and you're looking at your team and you're worried about your running back depth, takes a little bit of courage, I think, to skip over the Devin Singletaries and to take a chance. I think that that position, though, is also where you can take a little bit more chances because you know that there's an injury away or, you know, some uncertainty with what that backfield might look like in certain situations, you know. So Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard, A.J. Dillon, you know, we were we were thinking uh, Alexander Madison, you know, if, if the starter gets hurt, oh, my God, what could that guy be? And, you know, in some cases we saw it, in some cases it was just – the hope of what that could become. The 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 one that's a little bit different, I think, is is wide receiver, you know, and, and maybe in quarterback. You know, I'll go back to our lessons learned uh, show that we did. You know, and for me, like, I, I usually adhere to this philosophy, you know, a, a, a lot. And Trey Lance was somebody that I was drafting. You know, if I didn't get a Jalen Hurts, who I thought had the chance to explode and, and be, become what he was becoming, uh, Trey Lance was my next target in terms of that type of player. And clearly that did not work out. So it's it's you're gonna have pitfalls. Mm-hmm. It, it's just the nature of how you 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 draft. You know, do you go after Kyle Pitts, for example, by comparison to Dallas Goddard? Or um That's the exact example that our emailer used. He said you should draft oh. Kyle Pitts ahead of TJ Hawkinson. Okay, so you know, again, that's 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 the way that you have to approach this. If you think that Hawkinson, I I would say Hawkinson has as much upside as Pitts at this point, given his circumstances it, following the trade, especially if Adam Thielen's gone. But um, if Pitts hits, we 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 were comparing him to the next Travis Kelsey and the next you know Mark Andrews because right. of his upside. So right. that's just what you have to understand that you're going to have to either a live with the 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 downside of it, which could be a disaster, or just know that I better be very, very lucky and smart and aggressive on the waiver wire to fill some of these holes if I still want to have a competitive fantasy season. Okay. 
And I also think maybe it's an argument for going a little bit heavier at running back because it's much easier to take Tony Pollard last year as your number three running back than your number two running back, right? And if you went hero RB and you're sitting there and that might be where you go, okay, I have to take Devin Singletary over Tony Pollard because this is my RB2 we're talking about. Unless the rest of your team is is so solid that you could view that RB2 spot as very flexible and you're going to change it up from as needed from week to week. And you just collect four or five running backs that are all high upside. And you know that between those guys that you draft and the players that you find on the waiver wire, you will come up with an RB2 eventually. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it works much better with hero RB as opposed it to does. zero RB. You know, sure. I, I think because at least... Provided that yeah. the hero is is not... Right, right. You get you get that one guy that you're sure of. You 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 lock in your wide receivers again. You lean more toward upside as opposed to, you know, just safety. And then you just start to throw capital at at that second running back. Spot. Jamie, Jamie, look at look at Adam's eyes. <laughs> Four minutes into the game here. All right, I you're watching go. the game right now. You're not even listening to. I'm us. listening to everything and watching the game. Oh, Miami's can, playing now. I can multitask. Yeah, we're playing. Um, we're losing. All right, we'll talk to y'all later. Uh, probably well scheduled for Monday. But stay tuned. There's big news. We'll be here for it. See you later. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!